0: I'm Tyler. I'm Megan. And this is The Office Hours, the podcast where two literature professors analyze the great American story. Hey, Megan. Hey, Tyler. This is a big episode. An unprecedented, unprecedented.
1: Unprecedented. Yeah, I don't know if this episode is going to be big or small. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Successful or failure. But yeah, we're kind of taking a little... Pause and a little assessment because we have already gotten through the entirety of season two, which we're starting to look back over it and seeing it is a lot of episodes. So there are a couple God. things we want to loose ends to tie up and things like that.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to okay. So episode season one had only six episodes. Yes. Season two had twenty two episodes. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So that explains why I'm having a hard time remembering all of it because we also recorded it over you know a pretty pretty long time right
1: yeah yeah cuz it's been about a year i think since we started or maybe slightly more and we only do them um, you know every two weeks so this yeah it goes over a long a long time
0: and yeah it doesn't feel like that much time to me actually oh, wow well, i know we, we didn't celebrate our pot anniversary we should have
1: that's we true <laughs>
0: we had a, i don't know what you get for pot anniversaries but you know
1: probably an ice cream cake
0: mm that's a good call. Uh,
1: Put that on our list. That's got to go on our list of things when we are together, Dunder Mifflin foods that we're going to eat.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Actually I do have a list like forming. So I've got
1: a little list in my phone too.
0: Got ice cream cake now. Uh, I know Sabaro that came up this season. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll, I'll add it to the list. Um, so uh well and this is interesting too because like we don't have you know the same format as we normally do but we probably should start though with any revisions and regrets from the last omnibus episode our big (laughs) episode (laughs) 22 which was like (laughs) i do you remember how what it clocked in at it was it like two hours or something it was
1: just under two hours
0: oh cool we made it
1: I know it's so funny we started out with a goal of, of keeping things to like an hour the show just gives us too much I, I think with other shows it would be very possible I with know. the office it is a rich text
0: <laughs> it truly is yeah it truly
1: is right um, it's a lot but yeah so so revisions and regrets from last time from season two episode 22.
0: yeah uh well so I it's not it's it's an interesting one so I was re-listening to the episode and I was about to bring something up and I asked you like your opinion on whether or not we should bring up any like production and you went on like an epic, uh, uh, you know, monologue about why we like, that is not what we're here for. That's not what we're here (laughs) to do. And I, as I was listening to it, I was like, Oh my God, I forgot why I brought that up. And it was because the thing that I was going to mention and that I never mentioned in the episode was that um, Steve Carell wrote that episode. He wrote episode 22. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was the first episode he wrote. And and so I just kept thinking about how interesting it was that he is the person that took the job of kind of writing the love story episode. Uh which made me feel like maybe he's a squishy, romantic, uh, sweetie. And, um, but also he wrote his wife into the episode, um, which oh, I felt gosh. to be charming. That's and so anyway, I, I mean, I, I, I will be, this is like a one-off, you know, this is not a real episode of the podcast. <laughs> so I feel like it's a safe moment for me to bring up this external information and I shan't ever do it again, well, but
1: yeah, so l- let me add now I've got a I've got a regret and that is for just bulldozing <laughs> you with a monologue. When you, I
0: prefer it. I like that.
1: You raise a question and I just come in aggressively and uh talk over you, but I've gotta say, so this is how I feel about things like I don't know, stuff about people's experiences on set or deleted scenes, but the author, I think because we are focusing on the writing, I think that the author we can make note of, <laughs> even as much as I have a closed, closed system of analysis here. But wow, that really expands the Corelliverse.
0: The Corelliverse. Yeah. Speaking you Speaking know? of the Corelliverse, I've been watching um, The Patient. Have you heard of The Patient? Oh, yeah. Are you watching
1: it? I watched one episode. I, I don't know if I can do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really like scary things, right?
1: No, I'm very weak in this category. Like I, I do not have the strength of heart to handle it, but it's re- it's always so interesting to see him in these really different roles. And I've seen him in other other things like other movies and I, I just love him in general. I think he is an amazing actor, but this is a really different part. So the, the premise, right, is that a serial killer kidnaps him. He's a psychologist. Yep. Serial killer kidnaps him and keeps him in his basement to like fix him.
0: Yeah. Give him therapy. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah.
1: What are your, what are your thoughts? What's it like seeing our Michael Scott in this context? Well, I would
0: just say that, you know, one of, there are many different ways that we could narrate what our podcast is really about. And one (laughs) of them, I think the real subtext of this podcast has been, is Steve Carell hot or not? I really think <laughs> that's what's really at stake. We're always
1: circling around that. Yeah,
0: that's truly, for me, what brought me to the show. It's what brings me back. And, um, <laughs> but I have to say, in the patient, like, the answer is 100% yes. Oh, which also order. means I have a type, which is sort of, you know, uh, his he's a little more saggy and tired and <laughs> bearded and un, you know his unkempt and uh wearing, <laughs> wearing cardigans um and taking like heart pills and I'm just like yeah he could get it <laughs> like I don't know but I think it's also his you know there's a there's a weary sweetness you know I we both like insecurity I realized I also like weariness too you know <laughs> the a bit of being dead inside to me is very attractive and so um anyway so but I did initially feel like oh I have to watch this for Megan like this is research for the podcast Mm -hmm. um but I do not love like as much as I'm a huge horror fan I do not love plots of of kind of like entrapment and torture you know and Mm -hmm. um, so Mm -hmm. it is definitely like at the at at my spectrum of like oh this taps something that I that freaks me out is like when is basically enclosed and can't escape for long periods of time and there's no clear exit that freaks me out. Um so it's intense.
1: Yeah. I don't know we'll we'll see if I can make it through any more episodes. I mean I for the can, sake for the sake of Corral.
0: It won't be our 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 new podcast is doing the patient. It won't
1: be. It won't. <laughs> be. There are a couple of movies though that we might
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Out. Um
0: What about you? Revisions and Regrets?
1: Revisions and regrets. Yes, I called this. This was in reference back to a comment from Corey that was about baseball games. So it seemed, it's really kind of far off of casino night. But I listened back and I noticed I called them outfits, like baseball <laughs> outfits. And I thought that has got to be painful to our <laughs> listeners who have sports knowledge. So I just want to correct myself and say uniforms baseball uniforms, not outfits.
0: <laughs> I prefer outfits. <laughs> I do. So Did that's you say for... little little outfits.
1: <laughs> no, though I might have referred to the little pants because uh-huh. I love the short pants, but um, yeah, so just just a just a correction.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, that's all. all right,
1: Tyler, well, yeah, should we get into the big information? About you that we have not yet addressed.
0: Yeah, we have not have to, This is uh, breaking news from like uh, the summer. <laughs> actually.
1: Office hours. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this I think happened in July actually. So it's really and we're recording in October, but nonetheless, uh, I want to have just that
1: Like I want to have a little, you know, you know, when there's that music that's for breaking news where it inserts. (laughs) So yeah, our breaking news, Tyler went to Scranton. Yeah,
0: I went to Scranton. Uh, We were just driving. We were driving South from New York and, and passed through Scranton. Um, But we stopped in a really good coffee shop, which I should have looked up. And the reason we stopped there was because they had, the, like the reviews are really good but all the reviews were like you really need to get their chicken salad um huh. and i don't know if you know this about me but i really like chicken salad Um
1: we have that in common and
0: you like chicken like- salad as well
1: salad. <laughs> it's yeah. so good so good
0: oh well we can eat that when we get together too um yes and um so anyway the chicken salad was excellent but we were leaving scranton and um or we we're like driving away from this coffee shop or whatever through a number of like it felt like a warehouse kind of district or something Mm -hmm. i don't know and there was a massive um mural with dwight's face on it and uh so i'll i should send the picture so you can post it on the instagram oh yeah see this um because i posed with dwight but i told jen i was like we were driving past it she was driving and i was like you gotta stop the car right now. You have to stop, like you know, pull. And she's like, "What? What? Like, what? What's wrong? Like, whatever." And I'm like, "Just do it. Like, hurry up. Pull into this parking lot or whatever, you know." And it looked like, you know, we were in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and so we pulled into this, you know, warehouse parking lot or whatever. I'm like, "Over there, over there." And then when she sees what it is, she's like, "Serious? Like, seriously? Like, I could have, you know, gotten into a car accident because <laughs> because of your frantic design." I'm like, "Come on, you gotta take a picture of me." And I forced her <laughs> to take a number of pictures of me with the Dwight um, uh, mural. And anyway, so yeah, uh, uh, Scranton was not, it was not uh, what it seems like on the show. I'll say that. It mm-hmm. almost, it's like, seemed like a little bigger, actually, than the show represents it. Um, oh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it actually felt slightly more, I wouldn't say city-ish, but, you know, more sprawling. Um, yeah, yeah but at the same time yeah I don't know I mean it's not like I saw enough of it to have any kind of assessments and I did mean to go back and look up to see if there's like some kind of tour that we could do yeah. or something because if so I totally think we should go back and do the you know if there's a Dunder Mifflin paper tour or something like that
1: yeah I bet there is it's gotta it, be that's really interesting because we don't see Like, in the show, we don't, like, there's the Scranton footage that's at the beginning. Right. Which, this goes outside of the text, but I hear that Jim, like, video recorded that when he went to Scranton before the show to, like, get a feel for it. Huh. Can't confirm if that's true or not, but that's something I heard. That's Um, fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But we don't, so, like, they're shooting it in California, in Los Angeles, right? Right. Um, And we don't get that much of actual Scranton, but it's really interesting. I hadn't thought about this until you were saying that the way that they represent it, it seems like it's smaller than it felt. Yeah. What are the ways that you kind of build up the world of the show when you're not even kind of out in it?
0: Yeah. It's
1: a reference that it's Scranton. Right. But there's not really a lot of being out in scranton so it's just kind of interesting the way that through conversation and i guess the ways through to, to references to the restaurants they go to and stuff like that it builds up a sense of what scranton is
0: yeah that's a really interesting point how like context is not necessarily what you like see but how it's almost like you piece it together yeah through all these little um yeah like references and stuff i'm i'm vaguely remembering some episode where somebody asked Jim like where he lives or something like that. And he oh, mentioned, yeah. he mentions a street. And if I'm remembering correctly, but just basically the idea that somebody would just know that street made it feel very intimate and small, like, Oh, I'm over on, or that everybody knows the streets. So you wouldn't need more um, reference points or or guides or something to get there. I remember little details like that. And then certainly it's like as if there's one Chili's or something like that, which I should have checked yeah. whether there is a Chili's in Scranton anymore. I don't know.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And is there just one?
0: Yeah, right, right. I mean, there's only one in Ithaca, you know, but Ithaca's, I don't know, smaller? Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, were there uh, things, were there other things that surprised you about Scranton when the office is your experience of Scranton?
0: Uh. Well, you know, I had actually, I had forgotten that I'd been to Scranton before in college, a friend of mine grew up in Scranton. And so Hmm. I remember like, we went to go visit them. And, uh, so, and the only, and I remember like we all, we went out to like get drinks or something. And the only thing that was open or available was like the TGI Fridays or something like that, or, uh, or an Applebee's, you know? Yeah. So in my head, I was like, well, that tracks, you know. And then the other thing I remember them telling me the big thing that they like to do in high school was to go to the car park. And mm. I was like, what's a car park or whatever? And it was just a place where everybody parks their cars for the commute. And it, but it was like up on a hill overlooking oh, the yeah. town. And so hmm. uh, so that's the other like narrative I've always had in of my mind of Scranton is that it's like uh it's not just that it's small, but it's kind of like bumblefuck or something (laughs) and uh but it felt like a little more industrial to me a little more like like in the way that like Syracuse does or it's like oh this is a place a place that once had some kind of industry or whatever but it it does it doesn't anymore and so a lot of it feels a bit you know desolate or something um so that was like my that kind of surprised or I don't know if that surprised me but it was just like the vibe I got and that would fit by the way with the office's whole narrative of like the paper industry's dying like what are the other you know um the big box stores are are getting rid of local businesses and stuff like that yeah um and then of course the show right it's like how many years old at this point like 15 years old or something um
1: yeah so 17.
0: so things you know certainly things could have changed too but But you're reminding me, like, one of the things I love about It's Always Sunny is that occasionally they film episodes in Philadelphia. And so because we used to live in Philly, it's such a thrill to see, like, streets that we spent a bunch of time on in the background, you know? And so it just hadn't occurred to me that, like, oh, right, they're not actually shooting this in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Uh
1: Uh-huh. There was one reference to like to to one of the restaurants I actually didn't talk about this on the day we talked about the bologna and ketchup sandwiches you know that the delivery kid brings for Michael's birthday and I I noticed he had this hat his hat says Nico Bella restaurant and that is a restaurant in Scranton owned by Brenda Stanko and her stepfather John Xanthus um and there's a banner outside they, um, I don't know. I guess I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah. If you went there, I would want to go to Nico Bella restaurant. Although, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't exactly sound like a place that made bologna and ketchup subs as like a regular. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't feel like I expected it to be. Uh, so that I really, really got nothing <laughs> to go on that. But It seems like I guess a lot of the references, so there's that, that's a really specific place, and it is real, but are, I wonder, are places like Farley's, they refer, you know, to Farley's, Poor Richard's, I wonder if those are. Because a lot of the places they refer to are bigger chains that are likely in Scranton, but also everywhere, and they're not as particular, like they're not particular to one place, so like Chili's, Hooters. Those are, yeah, more general.
0: Should we jump into um, the reflections on season two? I know you've been gathering data.
1: I have been gathering data. I have one more question, though, for you. Oh, okay. About your Scranton visit. Yeah. You described feeling great urgency to get out of the car when you saw the Dwight mural. And I was curious what your feelings were, or did you feel emotional about the place in any way and i'm wondering because i'm thinking about going to uh new york city and going to central park and specifically to the duck pond because i love the book the catcher in the rye right and holden caulfield not a real person but i still think about him when i go to the duck pond like i go look at it and i'm like i feel the presence Hold in here. Like I have this <laughs> emotional connection to places. Sometimes when I've just read about them in books that are fiction. So did you have any? Did you have any emotional experience of Scranton like that?
0: uh no. And I here's why. Because I felt like I, it, felt, it. I was like, is this? I have no context. There was no sign. There was no nothing. So I was just like, yeah. this is probably just a kind of. I mean, it was certainly not a. Um, a kind of like low, or I don't know how to say this, like, it was not just some random graffiti. Like it was clearly a well, you know, conceived mural. Um, But at the same time, I was just sort of like, this is random and in the middle of nowhere. So the emotional feelings that I had were not about the show or about Dwight, because it wasn't a reference point. You know, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be like, if I went to the Chili's, for example, and I was like, oh, here's where they shot something, maybe it'd be different. But what I did have emotionally was a feeling about you. I was like, Megan will appreciate this. Like uh-huh. Megan would be so proud of me that I <laughs> like jumped out of the car and was like, insisted that we take these cheesy pictures or whatever.
1: I am very. I was... with that.
0: <laughs> and I was like, this, you know, to me is like, I don't know. It, it was like a, a signifier of our friendship and of the the thing that we've been doing together over the last, you know, year or so. And uh, yeah, so to me, I felt like this connection to you. I was like, oh, yeah, and I wish Jen wasn't here at all. It should be Megan, like, taking, <laughs> we, we got to take these pictures together.
1: Yeah, but, that's uh, our special place.
0: <laughs> uh, in some random creepy warehouse uh, <laughs> parking lot. But um, yeah, no, that was what I felt. I was like, oh, man, like, Megan is slowly making me a fan of the show and that is that is disturbing and unsettling but we are um so
1: (laughs) it would be really cool to go there and get pictures of us for the podcast that are like band photos you know where you look really serious yes like stand in front of old warehouses and stuff like that um but I was thinking that about with the Podcast being this thing actually for a friendship. This is going to be like way too sappy. Um, but something for friendship that is really sweet and really special. Like it's such a pleasure to listen back and to kind of feel that relationship. And it makes me think even about going back like down the road. We have this forever and to be able to go back and listen to it. And it made me think about this even as a way of sharing something with someone and getting to know somebody in a different way where you like introduce this outside thing and you talk about it in order to hear somebody else's view and how they react to it and all of that so it's just really been I don't know kind of special and sort of moving to be able to do that together so I
0: feel totally the same (laughs) it is so it is really interesting how like We would probably not call each other up and be like okay like i'm trying to think of what you know what's a question that we've asked each other you know but like for example when i asked you like oh okay so let's say you have a cancer diagnosis would you go in and tell (laughs) yeah everybody at work right i wouldn't just like randomly ask you that but like in the context of the episode It's really interesting to hear your, how you process it not just in terms of like, oh, what Kevin does, but also how you feel about something like that, but also less overdetermined, like what are your opinions on ice cream cake, baseball players, outfits, and so forth. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) All that stuff. It's interesting because it gives you a different, like giving a conversation with a friend an agenda in a very different way than you ever have otherwise. Yeah. it's just—it's really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I—I I keep saying, uh, and I've said this to you before, but like this is this is my favorite thing right now. It's like it's my—it's I like yeah, I—I lo- I really look forward to it because it's so just fun to think with you and to and to and to laugh a lot. So no, it's been awesome.
1: It is—it is delightful. Should we talk about our best and worst episodes of the season?
0: Yeah, we should. Let's do it.
1: What are your what are our favorites and our least favorites?
0: Yeah, this is going to take some like discussion for me a little bit. I must say,
1: I think so too. There's going to be some sorting, sorting out.
0: Yeah, because as I was looking back over, I was I like I, I was shocked that the fire was in this season. I was like, wait, that happened. Um, and yeah, and like Halloween, I was like, oh, I forgot how much I liked that episode or how fun it was to talk about. So yeah, anyway, it was it's just been weird going back over these and like realizing my memory is very spotty.
1: <laughs> yes, totally. Me too. We've got so you mentioned Halloween. We have a set of one thing we get with this many episodes is it goes over enough time that we get multiple holidays. So we get Halloween, Christmas party, and Valentine's Day. Right. And birthdays, if we count birthdays as, Definitely. as well. So that seems to really cater to Your interests, I was
0: surprised by. Well, and we had take your daughter to work day, which is a kind of holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, but also casino night and booze cruise are similarly kind of like breaking the routines of the office and either taking them out, either into the warehouse or on the cruise, but also Mm -hmm. they're like um ceremonies or events. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I was really shocked by the holiday uh dimension of this season, and that was. Yeah. That was a nice treat for me because, you know, I love a holiday episode.
1: You love a holiday episode. That that point about things that break the form in some way and that go outside as I'm looking through these and I'm trying to think about what would be my best episode? What would be my top episodes and what are the worst episodes? I keep going back to Dwight's speech. we all time favorites as maybe one of my all time not favorites. And that one breaks the form and it breaks it in extreme. But then there are other ones that do that too, like Casino Night, the Dundies, the client, especially like the Dundies and the client, both going to Chili's at the very beginning of the season. And then the client is episode seven. So it's like a third of the way through. Mm. They also break out of the office, but in a way that is wonderful (laughs) to me, or that I think really succeeds so i'm trying to even figure out what are the things that i gravitate toward and what are the things that just don't do it for me
0: well that yes i was like okay in terms of thinking about best and worst i was like what yeah what are my criteria and one yes. criteria i've been playing with is not like <laughs> what i enjoyed the most or laughed at but which ones have which ones have i thought about the most or like that i come yeah. back to the most Mm -hmm. um and it's easier actually for me to think of the ones that you bring up a lot um just because as listening to you like it's it's always interesting to see what connections you make and the -hmm. sexual harassment episode really felt definitive in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways for big you know narrative arcs of the of the season but also our ongoing conversations about gender and uh so that one really stood out to me, even though I wouldn't say that it was my like favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I've been really like that one really stands out as like important and not just for the plot. Like I would say plot-wise, like Booze Cruise is really important for the Jim Pam mm-hmm. thing. But I don't like that one because of the plot so much as I like it because I find that one incredibly funny. Like yeah, <laughs> you know, the the back and forth of um What's His Face uh, of Michael and the Captain. I can't remember the captain right now but um Captain that... Jack. Right, right. Oh, and Boys and Girls is also one that we've ended up talking about a ton, right?
1: Yes. I I was just looking back at that one too as one that I feel in terms of just the pleasure of watching, I don't often think about that one or I don't remember that one. I don't go back to it in the same way that I do The Client or the Dundees, but there was so, yeah, I think that one gave us, excuse me, so much to think about. And especially with the gender things, it was complicated and really, really interesting. So yeah, there are definitely those ones that are, there's different categories. There are things that are just more pleasurable and hilarious. There are things that are super, super thought provoking. There are things that are more poignant and emotional.
0: Right, right.
1: So it's hard. Man, it's it's hard to it's hard to think about. I would
0: say the one episode that I would if I was gonna give an award to the most cringy, the yeah. one that like I don't want to rewatch because it makes mm-hmm. my stomach turn is Christmas Party. Really? Yeah. It's so really? uncomfortable, Michael's behavior in that episode. It <laughs> makes my it makes me cringe so much. It's like Yeah, because what he does with the gifts is just unforgivable.
1: He changes it from Secret Santa Santa to, what's the thing he calls it? Nasty Christmas or Yankee Swap? Yeah.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Um, Let's see. That one. And then I also think the other one that this is probably I think this might surprise you, but I think it's like my least favorite episode Mm -hmm. of the season, but it's the fight. I just find it I don't know. Kind it's kind of a mess. I don't love how I, I don't know. I just don't love it. And um, even though I actually think important things happen in that, like the Pam Jim playfulness becomes important for their romantic plot. Mm-hmm. And then the Michael promoting Dwight to assistant regional manager is key. And this whole I think that's the one yeah. that we said where he was testing him, right? Like, um, and so, you know, so there's great stuff in it, but for whatever reason, that one just kind of like, doesn't do a lot for me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. One, <laughs> one thing, one spot in that one that I think is the the thing across the season that is the most cringe inducing moment for me is when Jim picks Pam up and her shirt pulls up and it's at the yeah, we're at the fight at the Dojo and where Meredith kind of turns and sees them. and Pam's like, "Put me down, put me down. There is just something about that moment that, like kind of makes my skin crawl. And yeah. in this show that has so many painful things, I don't know what it says about me that that's like the worst, but oh, there's just something about that that is the worst. That's it. And it kind of poisons the episode for me a little bit, yeah,
0: yeah, huh. It's
1: interesting. So- I think I leave with one thing, like a standout element.
0: Okay. You know what I mean?
1: Or like there's there's some scene or there's some line that kind of becomes dominant in my memory. And I think the dominance of that moment just makes me feel weird.
0: I was going to ask you, I cannot, there's only one episode where I'm like, what? I don't remember that at all. So I was wondering if you could jog my memory. I can't remember performance
1: review. That's the one where they, um, I think you really liked Angela in this. (laughs) Getting there. Oh, I need to try to remember the setup. But this is the one you remember when Angela talks about how much she loves to be judged. Yes. It stands up really well. I've actually got our summary here. Um, Michael dusts off the office suggestion box in search of ideas he can steal and present to Jan for his annual review oh, so okay. i think that jan is coming for his annual review and he's supposed to be doing reviews for the other people too is that right that's, that's the crazy. one too <laughs> where jan calls so yeah, there's the call when jan says we're only going to talk about your performance and right. and then he brings people into his office to start helping him analyze what is what that message means so he brings in pam and he brings in stanley and that's the thing right. where Stanley says oh women say more in their silences than in their than in their speaking
0: yeah as i'm like quickly skimming back over the plot and i'm like oh yeah there are funny moments here and yet yeah it just doesn't i mean maybe it doesn't stand out as much for me because it wasn't um as big i mean it's kind of the presses pause on the jan michael plot right it's basically yeah. like we're not going to have a relationship. Um,
1: yeah, and because that's right after the client when they kiss in the Chili's parking lot, and then he, Michael goes to her hotel.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then- so she shuts it down. That comes the kind of the way that that comes together. that or we kind of come back to that at casino night. Is right interesting too.
0: Um. I want to say one of the episodes that I think about all the time and has become kind of a running joke, um, uh, between me and Jen is talking about office Olympics mm. and especially the, um, what's his face, uh, Ryan throwing away the, uh, <laughs> the yogurt lids that are the medals. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like that episode a lot because I don't know, just the, um, the cleverness around their games and the kind of creativity of of uh how they turn their boredom into something silly and then the sentimentality of giving Michael an award and there's just a lot of good bits I feel like in that one that are kind of funny. And it also it's neat, it's one of those moments where we see the office kind of coming together as a group mm-hmm. um, and seeing their different personalities. I don't know. I, I remember liking that one a lot, but we joke about the yogurt lid thing all the time.
1: (laughs) That's the one too. You mentioned this the sentimentality of giving Michael an award. That's the one where he stands up, you know, they do like the Olympic, (laughs) all those things. Like the the platforms that they stand up when they win, that they make out of paper. That's the one where he's just bought his condo and he when he accepts his award, he kind of tears up. Yeah. That is such a good Corel moment yeah the the emotion in that I love I guess that's an example too of the different things that they can do so some of them like when you have a show that's about just day-to-day life and the drama is just the kind of drama between people it's nothing like there's no massive massive plot stuff really there's no scandal there's nothing like that and so it's about just the day-to-day but then what are some of the ways that you break the mundane and there are things like the office examples like the office olympics where it's something that happens in the office or i guess the carpet is another example of that
0: right
1: and we have things where it involves going outside like booze crews, like the Dundee's. and then i guess um casino night going into the warehouse is kind of a version of that
0: curious what you thought of the dundies in retrospect it was the very first episode of the season I remember being really hyped on it because it was going to teach me the concept of a Dundee. yeah uh but we haven't talked about it in a long time I was just curious yeah if if you have any thoughts on dundies
1: I love it I still just think that that's one of the greatest episodes of all time right Um, (laughs) it is it's so good it is at Chili's so you know you know that I love that it sets up I think a lot of I was starting I I need to do more more review I think before I really make a lot of connections across the season but one of the things that happens there is Michael invites Jan to come at the beginning and to show you know show the office that um She approves that she approves of this, and they have her endorsement. And she's like, "Michael, it's a two and a half hour drive." No, (laughs) and they have the similar conversation at the very end of the season in Casino Night, but then she does come down. But I, I don't know. I just love that episode. I think it's it gives us Michael in his most uh, kind of offending everyone cringe like that that version of Michael. Um, but so good, yeah. Pam feels God in his chilies. There's so much there.
0: another one i I really wanted to talk about uh, was um Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I really love that episode, um because isn't that the one where we get the the video, the Michael Scott joint? the uh because he gives the presentation right to to David yes, Wallace.
1: the Michael um, statue that's
0: right I really like well it, first I think this is the first time we meet David Wallace I really enjoy that I like the uh-huh. um the bits there and um and but also it was one of my favorite episodes that we talked about like I remember just really enjoying that conversation and kind of unpacking the meaning of Michael being like a tour guide in new york city but like giving all this false information um was really funny to me but also that one was really fun for us to talk about i thought
1: yeah michael in new york is just so fun and so funny that's one too where he has a strong performance like where we can see the positive in michael scott and that was in the way that he well, I guess we see the negative and the positive that he mentions hooking up with Jan, I think, <laughs> in the way that he resolves it. And he, he takes responsibility for this as a bad joke in front of David Wallace. And so that was a real stand up Michael moment and a pivotal thing where Jan kind of sees the sexiness of Michael Scott. And right. then it's right, gets herself back, back
0: into it. I had actually forgotten how much. Okay, so we have the Jim and Pam plot, and then we have the, the um, Michael Jam plot. And I just hadn't realized how consistent that is actually across the. Yeah. the uh, yeah. You're really good at seeing the threads and the patterns, the arcs. And like even just that that point you were saying about, you know, the beginning with Chili's and trying to get her to come to the Dunnies and then her arriving at Casino. And I, I'm like, oh my God, like that's so smart. I hadn't thought of. So I wonder if there are other rhymes, you know. Yeah. Throughout the
1: like, to... episode, I kind of want to assign us to rewatch the entire episode. Or no, I'm sorry, the entire season and look for those kinds of things. Because they have to have it closer together.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know,
1: like when it's been spread out over a year, it's it's hard to. Hard How to long to... would
0: it take to binge the whole season? Could you do it in a day?
1: 20 so it's 22 episodes times what like 22 minutes ish yeah so what are we going to put that at like 400 and some minutes
0: right right like almost 500 probably with the casino night
1: yeah and there's the ads that insert into it so So, that's like
0: eight ish hours maybe or something right i don't know doable yeah we can do that yeah
1: yeah i think Uh, we can find time
0: Wait, maybe I'm doing that math wrong. Anyway, let's not think about
1: it. <laughs> one other. No, I think that's got to be about right, around eight hours. Um, One more episode that I want to mention that is another competitor for my favorite, I think, is the injury where Michael... Yes. Foot. And... It's great. It's great. It's just... It's so funny. It's so weird and creative. And I think that's also the one, um, wait, no, it's not. I'm thinking of a different one, but that's the one where, you know, it opens with (laughs) the phone call. Like we find out about it with him on the phone and he's on your phone. Oh, that just is a really fun, really funny episode. Um,
0: I might say that, I mean, I don't know, I'm torn, but like if that would definitely be in my top, picks of like best episode not necessarily in terms of I I don't know I'm not talking about like aesthetic whatever I just like just my favorite I would rewatch that one like right now just for the opening scene alone
1: yes the opening scene is
0: incredible and I think and I think about you making grill jokes a lot you know the uh (laughs) the the grilling of the foot and I remember I don't know I just I feel like you bring it up sometimes it really makes me laugh
1: (laughs) I do I do love that grilling of the foot. That's the one, too, where then he runs a seminar about disabilities. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I forgot about
1: it. So I feel like it always just gets into really interesting kind of social terrain and things to think about whenever Michael addresses some kind of issue of access and inequality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got a lot going there. I don't know, Tyler, do you feel like you're ready to make a call <laughs> and declare your best episode and your worst episode for the uh,
0: season. Do I have to pick just one?
1: Damn. No. No.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go okay, I'm gonna go best in terms of like my favorite episode, and then I'm gonna go best in terms of like just overall quality, I think.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So I think that I'm gonna go with, yeah. Uh... uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm torn because yeah, I mean, so like the ha- halloween is coming in as a close runner-up but i think i'm gonna go with the injury i just like i want to rewatch it right now it's so damn funny yeah. like, every moment is great and yeah. then i would say just best overall we didn't because we just did it you know i know there's some potential bias there but i think casino mm-hmm. night is one of the best episodes of the office like and i yeah. just think it's it blends together the cringe, the the funny, and the sentimentality um, in a great way. And so, yeah, Injury and Casino Night are my top two. What about you?
1: You're so right. So I think I want to agree with you on Casino Night, because if that one was a little bit longer. But I, if I also think about what episode did we come in and we just had so many, like there's so many things to talk about. And on that one, we went almost two hours, and that was not enough time. <laughs> there are a lot of things that we skipped <laughs> over or we, we had to speed up. I don't think anyone else is saying, yeah, that wasn't enough time. But it felt like not. It, it felt rushed. It felt like there was so much packed in. And I guess that's the thing about the writing. Like, there was so much in there to think about. So I think that that's a really fantastic one. I might rank second in terms of the conversational and thought Production, Boys and Girls. Yeah. Which also also ends with Michael just destroying the warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) I think my other favorite just has to be The Client.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great.
1: It's so enjoyable. That's when we've got Christian and Michael and Jan Levinson, no longer Gould. We find out no longer Jan Levinson Gould, just Jan Levinson. And that one also has one of my favorite openings. And that's Michael's jeans when he, when Ryan brings in his dry cleaned jeans. And then it does those scenes where he's like dancing on the desk and he is lifting weights and all this stuff in his jeans. And Pam just says something like, Michael and his jeans. He loves the way he looks in those jeans. (laughs) So I think, I think that'll put me for my tip tops, the client and casino night.
0: And what about your least favorite episodes? I know I know where this is going, but um go ahead and break my heart.
1: <laughs> it's Dwight's speech. I'm sorry <laughs> I can't Dwight's...
0: believe it. I can't believe it. I thought I tried to convince you but
1: you convinced me that it was interesting actually you did not you convinced me that it was it ended up being much more interesting talking to you about it than it ever was to me before but I still just don't like it and I want to both be really interested and like it.
0: But blood alone moves the wheels of history.
1: <laughs> you know, I do now think about you and Dwight every time <laughs> that year hear speech. Like the kind of beginning of the semester, you know, rallying us together to do the work of the school year. I'm thinking about you guys.
0: Um, I'm curious if you'll be surprised with my least favorite episode. I mean, on the one hand, it feels like I could say performance review because I couldn't remember anything about it or you know Mm -hmm. one of the others that are a little um less memorable but I chose to go instead with an episode that I like I genuinely don't like and I don't and I actually think gets some characterization wrong Mm. And it has a premise that's that I think is really great and then it kind of squanders the premise and so that is the carpet um
1: (laughs) that's what I was gonna predict for you
0: (laughs) I just Yeah, I just, yeah, like, I like the setup. I think it's a great idea. Like, we haven't really done a mystery episode, kind of. That would be fun. You know, who pooped in the office is an interesting premise. And then, but it just just didn't quite, as I remember we talked about, like, Michael's characterization is a little inconsistent. Hmm. The payoff that it's Todd Packer is clever, but it doesn't really pay off in an an interesting or or funny way to me um and then just everything along the way is just kind of like i don't know it's it drags for me it's just not i you know the the most lasting image i have from that episode is when um uh is it roy and daryl are like sleeping in the office while they're changing the carpet and that's kind of how i feel about the episode it's like a bit of a (laughs) it's just a snooze so so that's it
1: the thing about it being kind of a mystery Maybe when we do watch back, I, it's making me wonder about the relationship between that and drug testing.
0: Ah, yes.
1: Mystery format episode.
0: That's true. And you know, I love a mystery. So, you
1: know, you love a mystery. <laughs> so, Tyler, I have gathered some data, if you will, about our Dundees, the Dundees that we've done so far over all 28 episodes. So, this is season one and season two. Wow. Would you like to hear a little, a little breakdown?
0: Yeah, I am so excited uh, to hear because this is going to be new for me. So
1: who would you predict? Who would you predict that I gave the most Dundies to? And who would you predict that you gave the most Dundies to? Oh boy.
0: (laughs) I think you gave the most to Oscar. That's my guess. (laughs) I suspect that I gave the most to Dwight. (laughs) Am I close?
1: You are. You are close in one area. So oh. I'll say too the way that I calculated these: if they were the winner of the Dundee, even if there were two winners, they each got one okay. point for honorable mentions. I gave them a point five. Okay. My calculation. So for for our top, let me let me start from who is actually our top.
0: Combined or alone?
1: Each alone. Okay. But so we have the same top person. It's Michael Scott. What? Four. We each gave Michael four Dundies. Four. no, I will say you have a tie between Pam and Michael. Whoa. Isn't that interesting? That,
0: I never saw it coming.
1: And you were, you were right on with me though, because with Oscar, I have 3.5. Really? Three Dundies and one honorable mention. Wow. It's interesting to see this breakdown because it ends up being revealing in some way you know where you're like i i have certain things that i that i think are going to be the truth about me or that i think are my dundee characteristic and then yeah. it's like, the numbers don't lie this is who you are with your dundies so um yeah we both had four for michael you had four for pam you have two second runners up after your michael pam tie okay oh wait you can mention dwight you only gave one to dwight wow <laughs> But I talk about him all the time. <laughs> all the time. Maybe it's, there's a thing where I wonder if we end up with certain people who are really consistently really, really strong, but don't kind of rise to the exceptional level in an episode. Right. And so some people just kind of puncture through, but some are really, really strong, really consistent, really interesting, but just don't quite, quite hit that point.
0: I do feel like there was a time in our assessment where we were often picking like side characters or like minor characters who only appear for like a scene or two that, you know, we were trying to illuminate them. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, for Michael to do four out of, what is it? Like 28 episodes or something like that is actually like not that surprising to me. At the same time, also the show really hasn't yet Kind of given the other, it's starting to give the other characters plots mm-hmm. in ways that they might. But I guess it begs the question of like how we've been assessing what is Dundee worthy because
1: yeah,
0: centrality to the plot hasn't really been necessary yeah. anyway.
1: And like the Dundies themselves, it can be a white as tennis shoes award. Like there does right, right, not right. have to be any thing of real serious substance. Right that is making me wonder though about our system because partly we get thrown off in some ways by giving them to minor kind of visiting characters who do really, really stand out. Right. But it just makes me think if we had to give it to one of the main cast also, how that might redistribute our numbers. That's really interesting. Of the people, let me tell you the side characters or like the kind of guest characters who we've given them to. I'll do, so we both gave an honorable mention to Christian. Tim Meadows in the Client Chili's episode. You gave one to Gil, um, Oscar's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. We both gave one to people named Bill. Mine was for the Bill, who is the head of the condo association. Yours was from Bill, the improv guy. Oh, yeah. Going back through that. I love it that there are two characters named bill because the way the world actually works is you have multiple people in your life named bill but i feel like often on tv and in books and stuff each character just has their own name and so i like it when there's two bills
0: wait Um, was is is it in the condo episode when michael it gets into improv or is that a different episode
1: Ooh, which is the improv episode because that is some funny shit the uh it's really funny and I that's I do I don't think it's it's not the condo one because condo the condo one is the office Olympics
0: yeah that's right um
1: I'd have to think about one see if you can find that yeah, I yeah. gave one that week to the improv teacher
0: others There's other side email people. surveillance email surveillance oh, that's, that's a good episode. episode that's funny
1: I gave it to the IT guy on email surveillance we that's also have ends up with the
0: barbecue or the uh, the party at Jim's house. Sorry, yeah,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's right, that's right. So Sasha, Toby's daughter, we both gave one to the manager of Chili's. Um, Hank and, and Mr. Deckert, <laughs> who's on the phone with Jim, one of the clients. Why did we
0: give it to that guy?
1: Oh, you also, you gave it to him. <laughs> it was, let me see, I actually have the title here um clever negotiation (laughs) because he got a discount oh
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: (laughs) other thing i was gonna mention about this oh yeah the travel agent you also gave one to the travel agent sensei ira i gave one to sensei ira so we gave a large number i think there were a lot of these kind of visiting people who were just in an episode but were really really good yeah and so yeah, they they ended up, they ended up getting a lot. Your next top people, you had a tie between, would you care to guess? So your top two are Michael and Pam. Who do you think are gonna be your next two also tied? Three Dunde'es each?
0: Okay. Well, it can't be Dwight because I gave three or I gave one to him. So yes. I'm gonna say Phyllis and mm-hmm. that's right. That is right. Wow. Phyllis and Toby.
1: Phyllis and Jim. Oh, what? Toby. I know. I know. You don't even like Jim. I uh, don't. Jim it, and Pam are in my top. Jim and Pam are in your top. I noticed going back through, you often gave it to them as a set. So, for example, best give give best gift giving you gave to Jim and Pam at Michael's birthday. Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. You're and right
1: you're there right. were a couple of others. Like that, there were that they won independently. Like Jim independently won holiday sentimentality and the Christmas spirit award <laughs> in, uh, in the um. Gosh, what was it? The Christmas party episode. We each just gave two to Toby. Huh. For Toby, and I, I wonder if you were kind of compensating and not giving them to Toby.
0: I think so. I think so. <laughs> you know?
1: also i don't think that
0: toby has i don't he's starting to get more screen time
1: mm-hmm. although
0: maybe i'm just making that up but it feels like he hasn't
1: yeah 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 so maybe we can track that in in season three yeah. and, and say so my next person after that was stanley
0: wow okay yeah sure sure what were some of the awards that he got
1: let's see good question well, so there was one, I gave him a good communication award that was really focused on his eyebrows that was on diversity. <laughs> he didn't really talk, but he just was very expressive. Um, in basketball, he got an award for basketball because he was that at basketball in what I described as a gorgeous way. And let's see, there's another one for him in here somewhere. I cannot find it. But yeah, he had something, he had something else in there. I think maybe my favorite award from me was skates on a professional level for Oscar. Oh sure. (laughs) A couple of years that I really especially loved the emotional Shiatsu award for Michael. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) And you gave a top chef award to Jim for his grilled cheese, but <laughs> I think the best award, my favorite award of yours was on Valentine's Day and that was from Michael and it was the People Business Award. <laughs> <laughs> Though Gil also won, Gil also won um, the Loud and Proud. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, but um, I liked did- the, the People Business Award.
0: When did Jim make a grilled cheese sandwich? I don't remember this.
1: That was the date on the the semi-date when they go up to the roof.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. But it's when, you know, so Michael's away at Chili's and they read um, read Threat Level Midnight. And then they have that date when they go upstairs. So that's another interesting thing where there's this building of the relationship between Jim and Pam at the same time as it's happening with Michael and Jan.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. I don't think I had realized the intertwining of those relationships until casino night, like until yeah. we about, I was like, oh, damn, like, yeah. and maybe it yeah. should have been more obvious, but whatever. Um, so. We're thinking about it now. also threat yeah. level midnight. I hope that comes back because I really enjoyed that.
1: <laughs> I think, I think it is going to come back for you. Ooh, okay. So any, any final reflections on your Dundies or is there anyone you would like to give an MVP award to for their performance overall?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Well, I got to say, this conversation has made me rethink Jan's role in the whole season.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah.
0: so I feel like I would probably give her some kind of Dundee, but what would it be? Uh, The emotional landmine uh, (laughs) award, because I feel like she's always tiptoeing around michael's uh emotional landmines um even mm-hmm. though she also steps on a few of her of her own <laughs> accord um, yeah so uh uh yeah i don't know maybe jan i would give some retrospective recognition to, and uh yeah i don't know maybe i'm too hard on 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 pam and jim you know just because they're normie and just because they're uh you know would-be lovers (laughs) I don't have to be I don't have to prove how cool I am by snarking on them you know what what are we doing here you know um
1: this this is the thing about going by the numbers is that uh (laughs) as much as you might want to be edgy and not love Jim and Pam it turns out you love Jim and Pam
0: when I was young I used to think that when you died you would go to heaven and there would be like a um like a statistical analysis (laughs) of everything that you ever did and so it'd be like
1: you were a kid who thought thought in terms of statistical
0: analysis (laughs) i thought it would be like here's literally like here's how many times you cursed Mm -hmm. like here's how many times you like visited your grandparents like here's how many times you had negative thoughts here's how many times you masturbated i was really worried about that one you know um and but I was just or, you know and one that still haunts me is sort of the like if I could see how many hours of my life I've spent watching tv like, <laughs> you Like know, just like on the couch watching television um and so anyway I no longer believe that but I still think that like we get a version of it you know in moments like when people wear fitbits and stuff and it's like oh I really only walked 30 steps today like no yeah. one uh, um and so that's what this feels like to me. I guess it's like to be—you discover who you really are. The data doesn't lie, and it is uncomfortable. You yeah, comfortable to discover. Uh, uh, yeah, just how basic I am. But what well, you know, whatever. <laughs> what about you? Any any retrospective Dundies?
1: I think, I think it's got to be Michael. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think that there's if there's one person who you cannot cut it's Michael um even when he's horrible he's interesting I feel like yeah there's there's really there's really nothing interesting about this choice I also want to be more insightful or more original or something like that but I'm just finding myself really not being and thinking (laughs) Michael Scott deserves the Dundee of the season I mean, we
0: do a podcast about the office. Like, why are we trying to be <laughs> hipsters? You know, we, we, we spend many episodes talking about our love of chilies. Like it's a weird, we have a weird, uh weird tendency. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, come on, it's gotta be Michael. It's gotta it's
1: be gotta be Michael. So I don't I don't have to make a big pitch for why I think really <laughs> Hank is like the um central point. The of secret, yeah. so It falls apart without without Hank. I love Hank but (laughs) David Wallace I gave David Wallace an honorable mention at one point we'll see if he if he climbs up you know what though something revealing I think and kind of embarrassing for me I my votes really skewed kind of sexist like I did not give many dundies to women you were much better in recognizing women like I gave zero to Phyllis (laughs) and you gave several to Phyllis and this is a
0: thing I've always said, you just, you hate women. And uh, and I think it's important that America knows that, you know. The
1: Dundee uh, data does not lie.
0: <laughs> and uh, clearly, like, I'm the most feminist person ever, I guess, you know. I mean, if that's what the data says, that's what it says, right?
1: Numbers are, my numbers are real, real unfortunate here. Although I did include the youngest girl to ever appear in the show. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> I get a few points for that.
0: Was that Sasha or something? Was yeah. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I'll be really curious to see which characters, you know, earn our our love and affection or scorn and criticism next season.
1: Um... <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so we'll see. Maybe we we've, we've assigned ourselves several hours of re-watching or have I assigned us are we going to accept this accept this challenge I
0: accept the challenge I will do it
1: okay so we're going to do a re-watch some recap of the season as a whole to put things together before we move on into season three
0: cool well I look forward to it thanks everybody yeah. for listening
1: thanks for listening bye